Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And together we form Sylvester and Tweety. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know who I they mean, are? Yeah. Uh, yeah. From the Looney Tunes. Yeah. But I mean, we thought Sylvester Stallone. Um, and I was just <laughs> like, oh, wait. Who's, did he marry a woman named Tweety? Is that one of his seven yeah. wives? <laughs> Uh, and I say that because they're one of the duos where one is much shorter than the other. Tweety's Tweety's a little one compared to Sylvester. And today we're talking about how to shorten your sessions without sacrificing quality. Okay. I see. I see the connection now. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm <laughs> reaching, but... <laughs> But we've done a lot of these things, and it's hard to keep coming up with duos, man. That's fair. It, I honestly, every time we start, I'm like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm prepared for the actual podcast, and then I'm like, I'm not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I almost always forget about it until the last minute, and then I'm like scrambling my brain like, oh, God, what's a duo? Have I run out of duos? Have I used this duo before? So I think I'm good so far. All right, so how to shorten your session without sacrificing quality. And I think this ties into our last board meeting about how to not overtrain, um, mm -hmm. kind of how to ride that line of giving extra effort and not overtraining. And one of the biggest issues with overtraining is people just overstaying their, you know, the, the welcome their body gives them in the gym and yeah. just being in there too long, doing too much. So yeah. shortening sessions is a good first step. Totally. I mean, and it makes sense that they do. Climbing's fun. Like, that's why yeah, so many right. of us do it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, if I if I could climb, you know, eight hours a day, every seven days a week, I'd do it. Like, that would totally. be amazing. But I can't. I would get weak and then broken. And yeah, and also just, I would probably stop enjoying climbing at some point doing that. Yeah. And, you but, know, I have seen people have the ability to come into the gym every day, mm -hmm. but not climb every day. I don't possess that ability. I can't just go in there and hang out. Like I have to be trying with everybody. So, yeah, you know, and I think that lead kind of leads us into our, our first point, which is have a plan and a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And, if you possess the ability to go in there and your plan is to not climb and just hang out, great, do that. I know I can't do that, so my plan is don't go to the gym unless I'm climbing, you know. Yeah. But, but you should have a plan going in to begin with. Yeah. You know, I think this one's super important. Um, and it's funny, I'm even like on the days of, okay, I'm just going to go out and have a rest day, like which if I'm out on a trip, 
often I'll do that if I'm climbing with a partner and maybe they need pads or just support or whatever, I'll go out. I don't bring shoes. I don't bring chalk. Like I just bring food and water and, you know, whatever I need to pass time during the day. Like I think for me, that is my plan because I am the same way as you. Like if I have shoes, like I'm fine, like borrowing chalk. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm going to climb. Like I'll be Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's cool. I'll just do some moderates, you know, and that just like spirals into, I guess, well, we're here. I'll try this boulder. And, you know, suddenly I'm climbing. Yeah, there have been so many days where I went out with no shoes, no chalk, no gear. And then, you know, 30 minutes into the day, I'm like, oh, I wish I had my shoes. I really want to try this, you know. Yeah. That's happened so many times. And in those cases, I'm glad that I didn't bring anything because I would have done too much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So making a plan, like there, I think there are a lot of ways, like that's a very vague statement. Um, and there are a lot of ways we can kind of narrow this down. Um, you know, just broadly speaking, having a plan means when you go into the gym, you know what you're going to do generally every step of the way. Um, so one thing I used to do for a while, this was back when I worked in Amazon in an Amazon warehouse and, you know, I climbed four days a week. Three of those sessions were 90 minutes, like door to door. And what I would do is like, I would get to the gym parking lot and I always knew roughly what I was going to do, but I just had a stack of sticky notes. I would pull one out, had a pen and I would just write out like, okay, 15 minutes, momentum, warm up, 15 minutes, rooting circuit. Like, you know, or like rooting legs, like circuit. So I'd go repeat boulders doing that. 45 minutes of projecting and then I don't know, like let's say 15 minutes repeats, 15 minutes core and strength, whatever. I'm like, but I would write it all down on a sticky note and I would tuck it into my boulder bag, go in and man, I just like, I would open up my phone and I would set the clock the second I started and I would follow it. And it made it Mm. so like kind of easy in the sense that it was mindless. It was just like, Oh, okay. Like, I'm at 15 minutes. Let's transition to this. I'm at 45. Like, and it really kept me honest. Also, it, man, it just made me like try harder because if I only have 45 minutes to project, you know, you look down and if I'm halfway through and I've been like kind of, you know, just maybe talking a little bit, maybe I've been a little bit mindless. I've had my mind still like on work or whatever. I look down and I'm, you know, let's say I'm 25 minutes into my 45 minutes of projecting. I'm like, yo, I didn't just work a 10 hour shift on my feet so that I could sit here and like, (laughs) you know, screw around. Like I'm here to try hard and be effective. Um, And so for me, that was like just the simplest way of keeping track was just have a sticky note, jot generally for me time, like little timestamps that worked out great. Yeah. And I think it's worth you know, mentioning the importance of the fact that it's a sticky note. You know, this doesn't mean if you're listening to this, you should pull out your legal pad and write your, you know, 42 step long plan for the night and fold it up and put it in your bag. It's on a sticky note because there's not a lot of space on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think there was probably a lot of value in that. Like you can't, I couldn't overthink it. Um, you know, it's kind of fun. I, I had a buddy that I used to climb with in Chattanooga who he was really 
good at just picking up little things. Like he would, you know, listen to people and when he would see something, he's like, I think that's kind of neat. He would kind of pick it up and adapt it himself. But, uh, he didn't like at one point he's like, Nate, I, you keep like, you always look into your boulder bag and like, cause I had a little pocket and I'd always fish out my sticky note, look at it. Mm. He's like, what's up with that? And I told him, he was like, huh. And he start like maybe a month later, he's like, check this out. And he brought in, he had a little, uh, notebook. What he was doing is he had started doing the sticky note thing too. And I can't remember if he taped or had a glue stick, but he would then take it and like, you know, tape it down into his journal. And then he could just like, when he got home, he'd take well, a few a notes. Note, so it comes. Yeah. Well, you could stick it in, but I feel like yeah. he also yeah. had something to where they wouldn't all, you know, fly out eventually. <laughs> but yeah, you like basically just yeah. st- stuck it into the journal, took some notes on how it went. And so that way it was here. He wrote down what he was doing. I was like, man, that's like you took this idea and you just made it a lot better. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that's a that's a great idea. And I actually, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I have a million of these like little banana notebooks laying around now because I oh, yeah. plan everything. In- <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. writing in mine right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I feel like I can do about two workouts per page. That's kind of how my my session notes have gone lately where I, okay. you know, I I like to plan it in our app, but then I just prefer having a pen and paper in the gym. So I'll write out what I'm doing that day, half a page, and then the other half of the page is kind of notes on what I did if I'm even taking notes that day. So Nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, what happens when the plan you get in there and the plan goes awry, there's too many people to follow your plan or whatever it is. What happens team, then? Team kids are there. Um, team kids. Well, uh, you know, you have a backup plan, uh, depending on the facility, like, you know, if there's enough space, like go to a wall that doesn't have a lot of people, like, you know, and sometimes things just happen. Like it's good to have general backup plans. Um, you know, in my mind, like having, uh, basic workout ideas is pretty important. And I think I've had, like, I've just been climbing long enough that, mm-hmm. you know, you, once you've been climbing like over 15 years, like things just happen. Like, and you just get used to that and you're like, okay, like we're just moving on to the next step. You know, I think what's important is not freaking out, not saying like, oh, well, you know, uh, the wall with all my projects got, just got, they decided to strip it for a comp or maybe the team kids are practicing. They have it closed or whatever. Um, you just say, okay, like that's fine. We're just going to stick to the plan the best we can and make some changes. Like, you know, I'll go to, um, go to another wall. I'll, you know, do something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there are areas in the gym that are kind of regularly problematic and then areas that are almost never taken. So mm-hmm. if it happens that a couple of times your plan gets, you know, completely destroyed and you have to pivot to something else, then you can have a really good backup plan, you know, yeah. in place where it's like, oh, I know this section of the wall can get packed on Tuesday nights, but the spray wall never has a single person on it. So maybe I pivot my plan to there so that I'm not ever dealing with all these people, you know, have that backup in place. 
Yeah. You know, and you made a good point saying like Tuesday nights, it gets busy. Um, you know, a lot of gyms have set setting schedules. Um, so mm-hmm. the facility I'm at right now, they set Thursdays and Fridays, man, Thursdays and Fridays are an amazing time to not be where the new sets are like yeah, completely totally. empty. Um, but you know, if you, you know, like I think paying attention to, you know, if every Wednesday you're, you're like, man, I just keep getting sabotaged. Like, you know, I can't execute my plan because of this reason. That's a good time to say, Hey, like I just need to make a new plan. Um, yep. Yeah. The first time it happens, you're getting sabotaged. The next time you're sabotaging yourself because you should have known better. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to talk about as far as plans, and this was something that I remember seeing in your blog years ago that I really liked. Actually, I didn't like it. Um, like many things <laughs> back then, I, I didn't appreciate it. Um, but you would talk about, you're like, okay, these are my limit problems for this season. Like I've got my four limit boulders picked oh, out. Like yeah. that's it. And I was just like, <laughs> excuse me. Like, what do you mean? You've got them picked out for the season. <laughs> like that seemed absurd. I, you know, like even then I was like, I used to be less, have less of an issue with bouncing around on problems that I do now. Fortunately, the gym just didn't, sure. it was small and they didn't set turnover very often. Um, so it was just easy for right. me to su- succeed, um, where now I'm at a place where they just turn over things constantly and, uh, I like new boulders, but I remember just thinking that was crazy at the time you were like, yeah, I've got my four limit problems picked out and that's what I'm gonna, those are my limit problems for the next couple months. And I thought that was insane. Yeah. Um, but now I look back <laughs> and I mean, and that's. <laughs> You know, now that's how I've been structuring things more. Like I pick out projects based on, I'm like, okay, these are the two newest sets. Like these problems are going to probably take me five to seven sessions. And right now, because I'm mostly training for sport, I'm only going to be able to boulder like one and a half hard boulder sessions a week. So I should be able to get them done before they're turned over. Um, But yeah, like planning out before you even go in, like, what are my limit problems? What are my projects? What are, you know, what am I going to circuit on? These things are so important. Um, cause yeah, they just trim time. Like, you know, one of the places I see it the worst, honestly, which this is ironic is, uh, when people board climb, like they'll sit in front of, let's say like the moon board mm-hmm. or tension board and they're like, Oh, I want to climb on a, you know, I want to pick out a good V6 project today. So they pull something up, maybe try a move or two swipe. You know, try a couple moves, swipe, swipe, yep. swipe. And then before you know it, they've been there for 90 minutes, haven't tried, you know, more than 20 <clears throat> individual moves and still haven't decided what they're going to climb on. And I get it. You know, there's like, you're like, oh, I want to climb on V7. There's 8,000 of them to choose from. <laughs> exactly. Like, ironically, <laughs> this tiny little 8 by 12 board is more, creates this like paralysis or like, you know, too much choice compared to an entire massive gym with 300 unique boulders. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a real problem, you know, and I wrote about that in the hard truth too, that it's this cycle we can get stuck in, in the gym, always wanting to new, do new boulders because it's so much fucking fun to do new boulders. And, it is. And the gyms know that that's why they reset constantly, you know, yeah. of course it is. Why wouldn't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. So, 
have that plan. And I often tell people, you know, on the, on the new, on the first day of a new cycle, I'll say today is all about find your, find your boulders that fit these exercises for the next three weeks or whatever, you know, spend today as a like exploratory day. And then you don't have to do it again. You know, then you can go in and and you're ready to go and you, you don't spend time walking around the gym or scrolling through the app or whatever it is mm-hmm. trying to find the things you want to try. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. And this isn't to say that you should never do new problems. Like doing yeah, new problems is good. It just, it takes a lot of time. Like you're beta searching, yeah. you're probably gonna have to rest longer. And it should be part of your plan. Yeah, it totally, you know, do some new problems, but like, yeah. And this transitions nicely into our next part. Um, yeah. Which is get your warm up dialed. Mm-hmm. You know, you should, you should know exactly what you're going to do as a warm up, both your like movement prep before you get on the wall, you know, where your like easy check in with yourself climbing is, what those boulders are. And then, whatever that warm up circuit that you really like. Um, or if you know, there's a new set of wall where you want to warm up by flashing some boulders, you know exactly where that is, you know, and then you also have your backup plan of this warm up circuit that, you know, um, so have that warm up dialed in and ready to go so you can get through it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This I think is a really huge one, um, for saving time but also just having a good workout, you know, it's, it's such an easy trap to fall into of, I'm going to go climb on some new boulders. And then you get to something that's, let's say like one grade above flash level. And you're like kind of spending time on it, but maybe you're ending your warm up, And before you know it, it, like, you'll see this all the time. Like, it's like, Oh, that person's been there for like 30 minutes. Like they're, are they ending their warm up or there's not quite a project level and you can just get stuck in this limbo of, well, I haven't started like my true hard intentional work yet. And I'm like, kind of warming up. I don't know. I'm like in a good way to get around that is have a plan for your warm up. You know, if you're going to do some new boulders, have those in, but man, like the best way to get an effective warm up is repeating things that you already know. And so that you can say, Oh, like, I need to get my big muscles warm. There's that pink around the corner that I can go do. Like it's good. It's powerful. It's a little jumpy and it's right where I need to be. Like, or if you're like, Oh, like, man, my fingers are just taking a while to warm up today. There's that green on the 45. I'm going to go do that one. Like that is so much more effective than looking around at like the new problems being like, Oh, like this will kind of work. Like we'll make this happen. And just trying to, you know, hammer a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that speaks to what you said in the have a plan about we should be climbing new boulders sometimes. That's that, you know, especially if you're in a commercial gym like you are that resets regularly, maybe having a session a week where there's a little bit of time built in to try the new problems can be really valuable because then, you know, there are these new warm ups that I can do, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you should build that into the plan. It shouldn't just be, I'm going to go in and search around for my warmups. Yeah. Um, and once you have that whole plan in place, like you said, 
you know exactly what you need to warm up. So it makes the whole thing easier. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, you know, repeating moderately hard, like maybe a problem that took you 20 minutes to do or was a hard flash for you initially, like going and repeating it and doing it a little bit better every day, man, that's fun. Like there's times where you're just like, oh, I'm I'm locked in. Like you get such a better feel for where you're at too. And like, you can kind of like, I like it because throughout, you know, let's say a four week section of a plan, like I can tell such a difference between day one and, you know, week four, where even if I'm like, oh, I'm tired, but I'm climbing really well on this. Like I'm just really understanding the body positions, maybe like, oh, like the shoulder work I've been doing is like paying off. I'm like holding these in different ways. Like, it's cool. I like it a lot. Um, I think there's just a lot of value there. Yeah, totally. And, you know, you said this right in the beginning of this part, but it helps you have a better workout. I just feel better going into harder problems if I, if I felt really good. If I felt like a fucking superhero during my warmups, then I'm going to climb better the rest of my session. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's a valuable way to, you know, we very often go into a session and feel like, I feel like crap today. Maybe I should just call it. And I always suggest go through your warm ups, you know, give a hard thing a try or two after your warm ups, get to that point, and then reassess. Because very often, if especially if you're going through the warm ups that you know pretty well, you can compare how you felt past days. Whereas if they're all new problems, maybe you're not falling because you're actually tired. You're just falling because you didn't see the beta or it feels hard because it's putting you in a position you don't quite understand yet or whatever. Yeah. And and then we start to make these inferences, you know, that are wildly incorrect and you could have a good session, but now you've convinced yourself you can't. Um, Absolutely. I like being able to compare past days to today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. You know, and uh, one last thing I want to say on warmups is uh, like, don't skip them. Uh, like, this is a yeah. thing that, like, if you have a short session, um, it's really natural for people to want to skip skip the warmups. They're like, oh, I'll just abbreviate that. Or, man, if you're just psyched, like, I can always tell I'm in like a good zone for me mentally when I'm like, I don't want to warm up. I want to just get to my project. Like, you know. Yeah. I just get in. I'm like, I think I'm already warm and it's never the case. So I always have to like force myself to warm up, but that's like a fun mental zone for me to be in. Um, but you know, the, uh, interview you had with ravioli biceps, he talked about how, you know, he's really crunched for time. Like, especially during that, like during that whole period, his first like year of doing the benchmarks when he went from none to doing black beauty, the whole original benchmark set, you know, he talked about how he had his whole warm up dialed, like it was really important to him. He had his off the wall and on the wall warm up. You know, and if he didn't have a lot of time, he would go through. Sometimes his whole workout would just be he would do his warm up. Like he'd warm up, warm up to where he was basically to projecting level and I was like, "Well, that's all I have time for and he'd leave." And yep. I think there's a good lesson there. Like he didn't say Oh, well, I've only got, you know, an hour. I'm going to try and rush a warm up and go try Black Beauty or Project 2 or whatever. Instead, he just said, I'm going to, you know, nail down the basics. And man, consistency clearly worked for him. You know, there's a reason he's the king of the moon board. Yep. 
Totally. And there's a lot of value in just going in and moving around if that's all you have time for. So yeah. it doesn't all have to be hard to be valuable. Yeah. Like our, our brains and our bodies prioritize what we do often. Um, yep. You know, I was just having this conversation with someone about frequency and how beneficial it can be for skill. And, you know, if you think about like, if you wanted to get better at golf, like if you had the option between playing seven hours, one day a week or playing one hour, five days a week, which one would make you a better golfer? You know, yeah, it'd be multiple days. Yeah. You know, if you think about like, even though the multiple days is actually less, like 20% less time than the one day a week where you're doing seven hours, like, you know, seven hours, like you're not going to be able to be focused for all of that. Like physically, you're probably not going to be able to put out good effort. Like, and there's a whole six day gap where your brain and your body are kind of just forgetting everything that you gained from that one day. So frequency is really important for skill, like skill development. And so with climbing, you know, even if you feel like, oh, I can't get in and get a perfect workout or, or get my big, you know, long session, like just getting in and doing the work and just reminding your brain and your body, like, this is what we do. That's really important. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, after the warmups are done and you're feeling good and ready to go, I think that's the time to move on to point number three, which is get to the point, you know, follow that plan that you wrote there. You've been in the gym for 30 minutes now or whatever it takes you to warm up. And it's very easy to see lots of things that you're like, oh, I want to try that. I want to do that. That looks really fun. Oh, look, this person's here that I haven't seen in a while. But you need to focus. If you if you don't have the time to spend and you have to have a shorter session, get to it, you know. And you can let people know ahead of time, this is my intention, you know, and people will start to get the point. I was kind of kind of a dick about this for a long time in the gym, <laughs> you know, where people would come up to talk to me and I'd be like, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm busy. I'm, I'm working yeah. out. You know, this is my, this is my training day. Don't fucking bother me. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it, you know, it worked. I, I didn't make any friends that way, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had Annalisa around. She made the friends for you. <laughs> yeah. And then she softened me up and I can't do that as well anymore. <laughs> I wish I could, but yeah, get to the point, you know, whatever the the point of your day is, if it's a limit bouldering day, if it's a circuit day, if it's a, you know, an arcing day, whatever it is, get to that point. You don't have to have every possible aspect of a plan built in. You don't have to try a little bit of mini projects, try a limit boulder, try some flashes, repeat some boulders, and then get on your circuit, you know, your four by four, whatever it is. You can warm up and go straight to the four by four. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I think this is a really important one because it's so easy to drag your feet. Um, cause once again, climbing's fun. I want to do everything. Like I always want to do everything yeah. every time I go in and this is, man, this speaks to me right now. Cause I'm training for sport climbing right now. And I love bouldering and I'm actually in this like kind of <laughs> little, uh, but, 
I feel really strong bouldering right now. It's really cool. I don't know what happened. I was like, I'm going to switch yeah. to sport climbing. Suddenly, like my bouldering just was like something inside of me like jumped forward. It was like, we're going to do a little bit better at this now. Let's see if you really want to go sport climbing. Um, so now Test I'm like, resolved. oh man, and it's testing me. Like, so yeah, it's like I'm feeling suddenly really good with bouldering. And I was already at an all right spot. But so every time I go in, I'm like, okay. I'm going to warm up, you know, I'm going to have like a little 20 minutes of uh, limit bouldering, maybe some projecting before I go do my four by fours or my, uh, you know, and cap work, whatever it is. And it is so hard for me to claw myself away from like hard bouldering. And I'm not always successful. I'll be honest. Um, but it's hard cause it's fun. Um, but yep. you're right. Like you can, and sometimes, you know, ironic, like ironically when I'm most pressed, the most pressed for time, I'll go in, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do my off the wall work. I do 10 boulders. I count them. And then I do my four by fours. Like, and that's it. I do my workout and I leave and it's a great workout. Weird. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, it's yep. like sticking to your intention is so important, especially when you're crunched for time. Like, you know, it's, yep. it's your main intention for a reason. If you're saying I need to get better at spending time on boulders that where I fall on every move for more than seven tries. Like you made that an intention for a reason. Like that's because that's where you're going to get better. So dedicate the time that's necessary. Like if you're skipping it to do things that are fun, we typically do things that are fun because we're good at them. Like, you know, it's good to have them there, but yep. you know, like Dan John says, uh, you know, keep the goal, the goal. Yeah. You know, I've found now that I have this home wall that I can, you know, walk out my door and, and be in and ready to climb in 20 seconds or something. I've found it even harder to kind of stick to the point of the session because mm. I can just say, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll do it tomorrow morning instead. Yeah. You know, and that's been a challenge for me. Um, there are, there are times when I'm good at it, times when I'm not. And I'm finding that if it's like crew session, if I know there's going to be a bunch of people in there, my plan should probably be to try hard boulders. Yeah. Uh, it should, if I have that in my training cycle at the moment, that's what I should be focused on because that's what I'll end up slipping toward regardless if there's a bunch of people in there sessioning. And if it's going to be a solo session, I can plan to do circuits of some type because I'm better at sticking to those by myself and better at sticking to limit bouldering or repeating hard boulders when it's a crew session. Yeah. 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 And that's important to, it's important to know. Yep. Uh, totally. Um, normally we would take a break here in our board meetings, but we're doing videos and haven't really thought about how to do breaks. I'm going to have to make a video commercial about something. Um, and I, I do, I am wearing my, the new don't hold back tee. So nice. I'm hoping mine comes in today. Out. That's my, Oh yeah, they should be getting there. Yeah. I know the other coaches have gotten theirs. Um, yeah, we're really Wait. excited about these. My friend Lizzie designed them. Uh, Liza Frizz on Instagram. She's got these great shapes that she draws. And I just saw them one day. I was looking through artwork and was like, shit, those could all be cool handhold shapes. 
And I messaged her and was like, hey, can we collaborate on a design? This is what came out of it two years ago or something. And then Lana added the phrase, don't hold back. And we just decided let's, let's put them on some cool shirts and, you know, styles we haven't tried. We've got racerbacks, tees, uh, a dyed garment tank, which I really like. Got a crop and, top. Uh, crop tops. Yep. That, that are selling like crazy. So get into the site and check those out uh, if you have not yet. Mm-hmm. And that'll be our, that'll be our, break commercial for now nice. and so if y'all are wondering what i'm wearing out. it's uh the same oh, yeah. power company pullover i wear every day always <laughs> it's houston yeah, and, and those, it's a million degrees still wearing it yeah those are back in stock as well we had we had some trouble getting those in stock during the pandemic but those are back and they are in fact this is scientific study peer-reviewed tested the softest sweatshirts on earth period so comfy yeah yeah proven proven all right (laughs) uh next up cut out distractions Um, yes get rid of all your friends you don't need those they're holding you back harder yeah (laughs) yeah so i think this is a really important one you know we huge Especially nowadays when you can get so much uh, connection, and I use that word very loosely, and stimulus through the internet, the constant scroll on your Instagram feed, it's very easy to get trapped in that. And then you're like 30 minutes into the scroll and you you thought you'd been scrolling for you know two minutes. Um, yeah that's a big distraction in the gym these days. People just zoning out on their phones. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. Um, I actually, uh, I have a client who he was like, Nate, um, before all of my workouts, can you just put in, can you put in a little extra exercise that just says, um, uninstall Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, like, we need that. Yeah. He was like, no, no, no. I was, I was just like, well, you know, you can like, figure out a way where you can like, you can make it to where if you triple clip the home button, it'll go black and white, which for me works great. Like my Mm. phone is immediately Mm. uninteresting and black and white. It's awful. Like it just, everything is ugly. Wow. Um, And he was like, no, 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 no. I need to uninstall it every session before I start. Otherwise I'm just going to doom scroll. Like, and so, Yeah. yeah, I think that's a big one. Like if you, you know, you said yourself, um, you, have your plan in the app, but you like having your little notebook with you. Oh, I think that's big. Like if you find yourself getting distracted on the phone, man, don't take it with you. Like that's, I think that's yeah. a really big one. Um, but as far yeah, as uh, um, Johnny lightning, Johnny lightning has a, a thing that, and I know a lot of people do this, have a time limit on his social media apps for hmm. the day. Um, so he gets like, 30 minutes total or something it may not even be that much uh, to spend on all his social media apps collectively for the day. And then, then he has no more access to them. Um, so that can be a good option for you as well. If you know, like you're go, you go into the gym later and you know, you've spent time on social media during the day up to that, then it's highly likely you've, you've timed out and, and you don't have that available anyway. So I like to have my phone available for videos. So I do keep it around. 
Um, but I'm pretty good at not being on social media for too long during gym sessions. Mm -hmm. If I'm on there, it's to post videos of problems I'm working on or videos of Lana arguing about dunk tanking and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> so yeah, phones are a big one. Um, as far as, you know, something you had said earlier, like communicating with your friends about, Hey, like I'm here, I got to get work done. You know, I'm going through this. Like, I think that's really huge. Cause for a lot of people, the climbing gym is a social area. Like you go yeah. there to go. A lot of people are there after work. They may have like, you know, enough, like they budget time to where they can go and talk with friends. And, you know, and especially now, like for a lot of people, that's the only time they get to see other people. Um, but you know, it's important just be like, Hey, like this is what I'm doing right now. I'll catch up with you another time. Um, something me and a few friends have started doing is we actually meet up on Sundays and that's our social day. Like mm. we're still, you know, I mean, we're, we're not there all day. It's not some like six hour mega session, but we all meet up at one yeah. on Sundays and it's just a little more relaxed. Like, you know, kind of get to just hang out, shoot the shit. Like we're still trying hard and bouldering and, you know, there's a lot of effort there, but it's definitely like the most just kind of fun. Oh, that, you know, that's a good looking boulder. Let's go try that, that kind of thing. Or, you know, if my buddy's like, man, I want to get back to this thing over here. It's like, even if I've already done it or vice versa, if I want to try something, he's already done it. We'll go support each other. Like it's more of how like kind of longer outdoor sessions are. But it's great. Yep. Like for me, even just that one day a week makes my focus days so much easier to get in. Totally. I think that's a really valuable way to do things, you know, especially because I think a lot of people miss the component in their training of performance, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. making their session in the gym seem a lot like the sessions out at the crag or at the boulders. Um, and those are often social sessions with friends, you know, and the better you can get at navigating that sort of an environment, the better off you are when you go outside. So why not practice it in the gym? You know, if you need a reason beyond just, I want to hang out with my friends, then here's a reason why it will benefit you when you go out to perform. So I think adding those in is great. Yeah. Yeah. And just a, one more, one more note for home wall owners. This is something I've found for me personally, and I bet a lot of you have the same issue. And that's that if I have new holds, I need to put on the wall still, I cannot have them in the gym space because <laughs> if I go into train and that box of new holds is sitting there, I will inevitably pick them up, walk around the gym, trying to decide where they're going to go. I'll spend hours trying to figure that out. So I have to leave them outside, you know, outside the door of the gym to make sure that I don't spend all my time looking at new holds. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, we were hanging out with Will Anglin and he, you and him were joking around about just like how it's just like a black hole you can go into. Oh, and he man, was joking about how, 
he would tell his wife, he'd be like, I'm going to just go in, you know, get a workout in and kind of move some holds around on the, on the beast. Just, you know, get it figured out. She comes in 13 hours later. He's half crazed thousand yard stare, just holds everywhere. Still changing them. Hasn't even gotten the workout in, hasn't eaten, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. It's, it's so easy to fall into that. And I know it's a distraction for me, so I have to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just one last thing as far as um, um, setting up the social dynamic where it can work for you. So not only is it good, you know, kind of be able to let everyone know where you're at on these shorter session days um, because it saves time, but also as far as for practice, like, you know, one thing you've mentioned a few times, like you said, if you're going to climb with the crew in your gym, you're going to make that a try hard day. And I think that's really important for a lot of people. Trying hard is a lot easier when you have your friends, when there's that social component. And that's really great. And planning around that is important. However, for practice, often being by yourself makes it easier. Um, You know, I was actually just listening to an interview with uh, Angela Duckworth, the author of Grit. And she had Mm -hmm. worked with uh, Anders Ericsson, um, the man who his his research was around deliberate practice. He's the one who coined that phrase. And she was saying that when they worked together, that he had these three standards that he said, like deliberate practice pretty much needed to meet these. The first was that it was intentional. And so that's to say, whatever you're going to do, like that's your focus. And the second one was that it was that you were concentrating. And she said that their way of measuring it, one of the big factors was, are you practicing alone? Because if you're not Mm. practicing alone, you're probably not concentrating. Like that was a huge strike Mm. against concentration was if you're practicing with someone else, you know, and they're looking more at musicians and other things like that. But I think there's a lot of value there. Um, And the third one was um, how consistent were you? Like, are you doing this frequently? Like, are you getting the reps in? But so if you're trying to really focus on practice, if you're saying, hey, my time is to go in, and I need to dig into trying hard. I need to dig into figuring out minutia, or even if it's just like fundamental drills, that alone time is really valuable. Like, yep. you know, don't look at it as like, oh, I can't be with my friends because I have to save time. Like, look at it as I'm going to use this to really concentrate and really make a deep dive into my practice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that you know, find what works for you best, you know, no matter what any research says, there's never been a, you know, a hundred percent, everybody hits at this point on the scale or whatever. So Mm -hmm. find out what works for you best and, and play to that, make that work for you. Absolutely. And our last point is one that you've already mentioned. Um, and I think it's tough for people that's set a time limit. Yes. You know, if you don't have an artificially imposed on you for for whatever reason, whether it's work, family, other responsibilities, time limit, then set your own. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. Um, you know, and this is one that I lived by for a while, like back when I was uh, working at Amazon and also even when I was washing windows like with a mix of jobs, just where it was, uh, 
I had physically taxing jobs that I needed a lot of sleep to be able to recover from them. And I just worked mm-hmm. a lot of hours. Like I would, I'd go in and man, if I had an hour and 45 minutes, like I would set a timer on my phone and in an hour and 45 minutes, I'd be walking out the door. Like, and I had a lot of sessions mm-hmm. where it didn't go well. Like I wasted a little too much time. Maybe I got distracted. Something happened, but I left at an hour, 45 minutes or an hour and a half, whatever it was every time. And, and I'm glad I did because anytime I would have a session where I was like, I wasted time, my next five sessions, I would be so diligent about like, that's not happening again. You know, I would go in, be yep. even more focused. Um, I think it's really important, like set a time limit and be strict with yourself. Yeah. And you know, there was a, when I posted the episode, um, the most recent about overtraining versus just extra effort, there was a short little conversation on that post, um, that I think speaks to this really well. And the first comment was from a zamp and he says listening now this is a huge issue for me since i get fewer climbing training days than i'd like so i'm always going dangerously close to this line or hanging out just over it and snacks miter said bro every time i see you you've been at the gym for two hours already and then stay for my two and a half hour session you've obliterated the line (laughs) and And I think that's a real thing. You know, we go in, we have all this open-ended time afterward and our friends come in and then we just hang out, you know, and a Zamp responded with something that I think is really astute and could help a lot of people, which is I need to just start coming in later. Hmm. You know, if you, if you have a, a, a time limit you need to stick to, for your own good, but it's not imposed upon you, maybe just go in later and then the gym closes and you have to leave, you know, create your own artificial time limit. If you have a really hard time sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's really important. And for a lot of people, this can be tough. Like it's a lot of fun going in. Um, and even if you have the extra time, like it's just not always beneficial. Like we hear about, yeah, we hear about how some pros will go in and have these massive extra long sessions, but you know, there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, they don't do other things. Like that's all they, <laughs> I mean, right. You know, no, no disrespect, but like it's you, true. Yeah. A lot of have, the time. Yeah. Like they go there because that's just what they do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. So that's worth keeping in mind. They also, they're going to recover better, like one, they're pros, but two, like they got more time to sleep. They got, you know, more time for everything. Like they're not also trying to balance, you know, a job and things like that if they're a pro climber. Um, right. Which isn't to say yeah, that, and that's, I was just saying, which ahead. isn't to say that being a pro climber isn't a job and that this isn't, there isn't stress right. and all these things. Like they ask a lot of themselves, like, physically yeah like this is still a physically demanding work and there's a lot to it i'm just saying you know you have you're you're gonna have different priorities and you you're gonna have to prioritize your training differently um and kind of like with the golf analogy earlier like 
you know, if you're only, if you're getting like a five hour session once a week, like instead, can you make it like a two and a half hour session? Use the other time to maybe like shore up some errands or things like that, that you need to get done on other days that, you know, if you normally do meal prep on Mondays, can you get that done on, you know, your Saturday or whatever, and then go sneak in an hour session on Monday, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good for your relationships as well. You know, if, if you don't regularly climb with your significant other or, you know, whatever people are in your life that you're, you're taking time away from by going climbing, setting that time limit and letting them know that ahead of time, like these, for these two hours, I'm going to be at the gym, but then I'll, I'll be back, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll be here to make dinner or whatever. It's just better for those relationships if, if you're sticking to that time limit and not going crazy with the time that you spend at the gym, because it's really easy to get trapped in there, get lost in there and, and forget, you know, it, it might be an innocent mistake, but making that mistake over and over and over can be really bad for whatever that relationship is that you're taking time away from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. I think that's uh, all I got on, on time limit. Um, all I got on all the things. Okay. Yeah. Last thing, I guess, uh, let me just make sure I hit all the points. You know, only a thing I'd say on time limit, uh, man, if you want a good force time limit, train before work. Like that's, yep. uh, you know, our guy, Dale, who, uh, we work with, he, I was talking with him the other day. He's, you know, doing four thirty sessions now. And he was like, man, I'm just so focused. Like I get up, I have X amount of time. Yep. Like I just get the work done. And I think that's a great way to go. I did that. I was living with Paul Corsaro. Um, one, oh, was maybe like three winters ago or something like that. I was working, uh, the winters at the Chattanooga. Yeah. I was there for a bit during that. Yeah. I was working, uh, the winters at the Chattanooga Amazon warehouse working there like whole Christmas season. And I got up at four 15 every morning and I would work out for 45 minutes and then go into work. And I just did it every day. And man, it's funny. Just like six months ago, I tried to repeat one of those workouts it took me almost two hours, like one, just cause I got the extra time, but two, I was just like, man, like yeah. I was focused, like I was locked in and I had developed this fitness for like, I was like, man, I can either like wake up earlier to do this much work or I can just like figure out how to like, I can superset some exercises to make them all like run together better. I can just be more efficient with my time. And I just ma- basically managed to get a two hour workout in, in 45 minutes And I just did that pretty much every day for, you know, I did that, I think six days a week for like three months and I just woke up early and it was awesome. Like, but getting up and doing it before work for me was so productive because I didn't have, you don't have the chance to like waste time. Um, And for anyone who thinks that waking up early to work out is the worst, let me just start by saying initially it is, Um, but typically- Yeah. But you know, you get used to it. Like I've told a lot of people this and I've had a lot of clients experience this. Like it takes about two weeks, like get up at the same time, go to sleep at the same time. Like even on my days off, I would still wake up at four 15 and man, I hit the two week mark and it was like magic. Like I literally just popped out of bed and I was like, I could just max out on pull-ups right now where like the first two weeks I was just dragging 
But after that, like, mm-hmm. man, the next two and a half months, it was fine. And so just like, I think that's a good way to go if you're crunched for time. Like, and I know you did that too with your, uh, I think you the had the sessions. blog post. Yep. Blog post about the simple hang board, but it's a, it's yep. a good way to go. Yeah. And, and you're right. It does. It's horrible at first. And then a couple weeks in, it's just like, Oh, ready to go. I was actually just thinking about that this morning or yesterday morning because I was lately I've been, I've been getting a lot of sleep and it feels good. And, but I'm a zombie when I wake up, you know, yeah. like my wife and I are in the kitchen while she's getting ready for work and we just don't speak for the first you know, 10 <laughs> minutes that I'm awake, I'm just like, don't talk to me. And I'm like, man, yeah. how did I used to get up and do those hangboard workouts and feel strong in the mornings, you know, but it's because it's what I was practicing. Yeah. So you, you adapt mm-hmm. to that and you get good at it. So give it a try, you know, and I think all these things sort of have to work together for it to be really productive, to have shorter sessions that don't sacrifice quality. You know, there's, there's not really a, this is going to sound like it sort of contradicts it, but there's not a shortcut to having shorter sessions. You have to have (laughs) a plan. You (laughs) don't quote me on that. You have to have a plan. You have to have your warmups dialed. You know, you have to, get to the point, get to the heart of the matter, keep that plan. You have to cut out distractions and then you have to have time limits, you know, or it, or it all falls apart. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one thing I didn't, I don't think we've completely talked about, but like the whole point of this is that you can still have high quality sessions and still Mm -hmm. see benefits from shorter sessions, like kind of cutting the fat on them. And man, my yep. first, like my first year working at Amazon when I, you know, I was working 50 hour weeks, walking like 20 miles a day on concrete and like three of my four sessions of the week were 90 minutes. Like, man, yeah. that was a great year for progress for me. Like that next year when I went and like traveled, I ended up doing, I think 11 V 11s, which doubled the amount of 11s I had ever done. Like, and it was just one of those things of like, I put in the time I was consistent and I didn't feel like I trimmed it as much as I could without sacrificing. And I think that's, yep. you know, that's the message yeah, we're trying to get important. to. Yeah. Like we're not saying, yeah, you, have to, you know, if, if you can do, if you can do long marathon sessions and that's what you've been doing and it works for you and you're getting high quality sessions in, then by all means, keep doing that. You know, we're not saying you have to do shorter sessions to have good sessions. Yeah. But it just fits into our lives better for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, you guys know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can also go to powercompanyclimbing.com slash apparel and pick up these new don't hold back tees and tanks and crops. Um, all your friends are going to be wearing them, so you might as well pick one up for yourself and your significant other and your partners as well. Get in on those. Um, Instagrams, where are you at? At Nate Drolet, is that right? Yeah, at Nate Drolet. Yeah, at Nate Drolet. You can find me at Power Company Climbing. You can find us at Power Company Climbing on the Facebooks, the Pinterests, and the YouTubes, where 
hopefully this video worked out. We've tried this a couple times and been lax on our settings and it hasn't worked as well, <laughs> but we'll get it dialed in. So uh, check us out on the YouTubes. Let us know what you think about these formats, if we should keep them going or not. Uh, and uh, the Twitters. There's, there's probably stuff about shorter sessions on Twitters, but if you're cutting out distractions, you're not seeing it, and neither are we, because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.